Hey guys, it's Tim Shorts with Gothridge Manor. Doing a, I guess it'd be a Sunday evening podcast. Got a few more hours before uh, the weekend fades away. This weekend I took the time to kind of rearrange my office. Uh, it's kind of a... Every time I think about doing it, I have these ideas of how I'd like it. It's like, uh, it doesn't always quite work, but I think I got it set up pretty good right now I took most of pretty much all day yesterday I think maybe uh, but I was working on it this morning trying to still get the last few things down or you know kind of find their spot where they're gonna be and uh, so I think I think it'll work out I was like switching uh, switch my office around every I don't know every few months every half year what it helps me do too is like you know I kind of get to look at some of the gaming stuff that I haven't may have gotten lost or I'd forgotten about. It's like oh I don't remember buying that, which happens every once in a while. I know like uh, I think it was last time I, I th- it was funny I was uh, reading U three or U reading the U series and. I found my copy of U1, I found my copy of U2, but my copy of U3 was missing. I'm like, son of a bitch, where did it go? Couldn't find it, couldn't find it. So I got a hold of my good buddy Beckett Warren over at uh, Weird Realms Games in Cleveland, game store, and I asked him if he had a copy of it. By God, he did. So I grabbed one off there. Well, last time I was cleaning up, here what ended up happening is when I put, I don't know, one of the other modules, venture modules away, I happened to kind of have it slip inside that one, so I couldn't see it. So now I got two copies of U3. <laughs> no, uh, that'll happen every once in a while. I don't mind it. Uh, but just organizing my stuff a little bit better, so for game nights, and I'm going to get into that in a second. Um, and for when I print things out I've uh, got my assembly area kind of all I think organized I think it's going to work out pretty good Uh, got my gaming area a little bit more efficient I think so I'll I'll find out tomorrow tomorrow's uh, my first game using it I've already got uh, I think everybody who's going to come tomorrow is going to is already confirmed because I know Matt's not going to be able to make it tomorrow, but I'll have Eric playing his cleric, Shane playing his fighter, and I'll have Joe playing his dwarf. So we're going to have a more of a brute force for our next session, which they, they kind of uh, left off in this... Uh, dungeon area where they are the chanters so to speak and they fought this big demon basically he slimed um, Shane's character at the end and everything so they're kind of still in that area and then we're going to figure out where they're going to go from there Uh, so so today I am working on game prep and one of the players Joe specifically was thinking about possibly going to Scorn. Scorn is the nearest 
kind of town that's in the area. It's a, a place that's spoke about often, but not visited by, visited too much. I think between the two campaigns, this will be the first time, if they go, the players will, in, on Monday night, go to Scorn, and on Wednesday night they went there once, but just for like, I don't know, an afternoon. It wasn't very long, maybe a day. Um, so I finally decided to sit down and make a map. And I wanted a no-frills map. I didn't want to get too fancy with it and start drawing out, you know, ruse for all the different buildings and um, different heights. What I used to do is I would make uh, different shapes, divide up the buildings, and then I would color code the buildings depending on how many stories they were. And usually that was like first, uh, you know, I had a color for first or one story buildings two story buildings and then three story buildings then i also had like a a color for uh like burnout or abandoned buildings too with a if they are abandoned buildings then i'd work in the hue of the color of how many stories it was i didn't do that this time i didn't want to spend that much time because i wanted to make uh, scorn kind of a legit town it's not it's not a city but it's a town and what I, all I did for because I'm not really good with different uh, mapping tools online and they never turn out the way I want but one of the styles I really like is just the the black silhouette of buildings you know there's not a lot the only really information it provides you is this kind of the general size of the building and then how many there are. It doesn't you know, tell you how high they are, what they are, um, any of that information. And it, and it took me quite a while to do this, this map. Uh, I probably like, because mm, this is a no-frills map, remember. This isn't like one of the hand-drawn ones. So it may not sound like a lot, but when you're just basically, all I used was publisher on a plain sheet of paper or like a you know plain backdrop and all I did was use their shape uh, shape option and made rectangles and squares and just started paste copy paste copy getting groups on paste copy going around the you know making the walls it took a little while I mean uh, but I think it turned out pretty good I kinda you know <laughs> I, it makes me want to use that as a template for a hand-drawn version, but oh uh, yeah, not not ready to do that kind of commitment for it. And uh, it, it would take quite a while, but who knows? Maybe down the line, I'll, I'll add that option into it. So that was part of game prep for this week. And then the other thing I was kind of working on is. Uh, smaller these uh kind of these npc groups not so much of individual npcs but kind of thinking of npcs in a faction way because when you're dealing with a town uh they're going to be probably a little bit more apparent maybe not but like at the village there's when they're at the hound's head the the factions are kind of hidden a little bit everybody's kind of playing their cards close to the chest so to speak and there's not a lot of people for them to make you know 
a lot of noise either. Everybody's kind of got to work together to make it work. Where in town, the the divisions are going to be a little bit more apparent, but also there's going to be more factions there because it's just a bigger place with more folks. Um, I mean, if you just if you look at the religious aspect, so what, how I kind of uh, broke it down is there's basically uh, three different factions, so to speak. You've got your religious factions, your different churches, you, you know, your Sarath versus Deliquane with Passimius kind of standing on the sideline. And, and uh, you know, those are some of the examples of, of uh, religious factions. And then you get into the nobility f factions where you have your who's uh, Baron Mowbray who, who runs the place and all the the knights and the, the uh, minor nobles that uh, by name only would be kind of under him. I guess he would just have knights under him, but. So you'll have those factions within, with, uh, underneath the Baron himself. And then the last one would be more businesses and guilds. Uh, they definitely have a lot of sway over how things are, how things are run. Uh, so when you when you figure those three because you're, you're gonna have like almost like a I guess the best way to to call it, it's like almost like an Illuminati kind of connection this person's connected to this one this one's kind of connected to this one why is this person connected to this one you know you want to have some reasons or or what their play is because they're always gonna have an angle of why they're kind of associated with with other folks um, and then you have then so then the web starts drawing so you've got your interactions within these factions and then these interactions with the other circle of factions in there I'm saying that a lot aren't I uh, the one that's kind of an outlier of a group because there's really no there's the independent ones those independent groups like the thieves guild but again, in my campaign, there's multiple thieves guilds. There's different groups that can do stuff or have done stuff. And not all of them are just like, you know, um, muggers and thieves and pickpockets. They're, they're, they have belief on their side. They, they believe that they're doing theirs for some sort of righteous reason and, or like a movement of the people. Which could be working. Excuse me, guys. Ugh. And uh, so that would be more like the like an independent kind of group that they would be dealing with too. And uh, there's a few of those. So what I'm kind of doing right now is instead of trying to detail every building too, I'm just doing general groups and figuring out how they kind of interact and what their play is off of one another. Just in broad strokes. I'm not looking for, I'm not looking for details at this point unless something strikes me. But, uh, oh, I gotta go get Ivy some ice cream. All right, back with the ice cream. Shane, hog and dollars ice cream for Ivy. Yes, she requested that one this time instead of Ben and Jerry's. I don't know. She was always worried about the price, and they're about the same, so I don't know what the big fuss was about but 
nonetheless, let's get back into our city faction. So instead of three different versions, there's actually different, there's four. You have the nobility, you have the guilds, uh, you have uh, the religious, the temples, and then you have like the independence, like the thieves guild, or maybe, uh, you know, it doesn't really fit, so to speak, in the guild it's legitimately, so I'm considering that a separate one on its own. Um, but uh, it's going to cover, like I said, more like groups that are uprising or you know something along those lines. Maybe groups that are gathering together that have uh, no connection between any of them. So, but they would definitely be at this time probably the weaker ones. But so I am taking the time to do these broad strokes, like I said, figuring them out, and then we'll get more refined. Because like, and in, in the town itself, how I'm kind of doing the details is I'm taking the obvious places, like Baron Mabre's Manor, which is basically a small fortress. Uh, then you have uh, the different temples. Right now, I think there's three obvious temples in town. That doesn't mean there could be more, but right now there's just the, the, the three. Then there is, oh, the, 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 the Mage Guild, uh, which is its uh, own little power in its own right there. Uh, actually, I could think of that just being a, um, a, a power on, on its own too, so that would bring it up to five different areas. So. <laughs> keeps getting bigger, yeah, because because I don't see the mage guild is not going to fit in with any of the other ones. So yeah, I guess that won't be a completely different one, also. Um, but yeah, so I'm kind of detailing the biggest buildings or the ones that I know what they are, and then I'll start doing like some random table stuff. Like I, I have. Uh, a few articles. Shane sent me some random generators. Steve C, who did the Dice Roll magazine, his second issue, has some really cool random tables in it for building a city or town or populating a town. And then there's, uh, I think it was uh, John Ross's, he's got like this article about how many people it takes to kind of support a particular profession or something along those lines, which is very interesting. Uh, and uh, just taking it from there and then filling it out. So I intend this thing for Scorn to become a significant piece into my campaign. It's just one of those things where I just never got around to doing it yet. It's, it's always been in the back of my head to do this and I just didn't do it until this weekend so if the players decide that they want to go to scoring at least I'll have a big map <laughs> so sometimes that's all you need is a big map and then you can uh, wing the rest just make sure you take good notes and detail what you talked about so the next time they go back you remember where it's at because I don't want to oh god I don't want to go down and like detail every little building because there I, I didn't even I didn't even count the number of buildings but there's probably close to, I would guess, 400, give or take, 50, I'm not sure, 350 to 450. 
different different buildings and then the people within those buildings and multiply that but i wanted it to be a fair because really that's even a small town if you think of it in a way uh i don't know what the medieval population for a town town is was i know back i think wasn't it and um and i might be wrong i i think they when I was looking up numbers, it like took a thousand people just to be considered a village or something like that. And that I and I have never ever made a village that big for my games. I think to me a, a village is whatever I draw that I don't don't want to that doesn't have walls around it most of the time. This city definitely has fortified walls around it. But. Uh, all right, guys, I think that's it. I, I, don't, I don't have too much more to say than that. I'm having fun doing it. I'm going to work at 7 o'clock now. Probably be, I'll probably be working late until the night to, to uh, working on some details and getting some stuff done. And then by tomorrow night, uh, I should be good and ready to go for whatever the players want to do. Uh, oh, yeah, a quick uh, Patreon updates. I have done nothing yet on any patron stuff. Uh, I did get a new patron patron this week, so thank you, thank you, Kristen. Appreciate that super much. Um, but uh, I just haven't been around to do stuff, I, and I can't give you any. Just happened some months. I mean, I've got like two adventures that are sort of two thirds, three fourths of the way written. But I haven't had the energy or the the ideas to finish them off. I got an NPC card that's kind of handy that I might put out there. But I'll have to see uh, if I can get that done in time. So, All right, guys. Take care. We'll talk soon.